Flo here with a word that's just weird. Terry cloth. Who exactly is Terry? And why does he get his own fabric? Did he journey below SPF 50? Fight off some weeds and his daffodils? Hmm. How about a word for everyone? Flotection. Yeah, I just made it up. But I'm not making up how great it feels when me and Progressive protect your new home. Ever think of that, Terry? No. Terry only thinks of himself. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the Off Top Podcast. Uh, we're back once again. The last couple podcasts have been separated by a decent sum of time. Uh, we're back on it more consistently now. And uh, a lot of stuff has went down low. I've, I've noticed you on Twitter, man. And you've been super duper passionate about some shit. Like you were going off the other day about all NBA team this, and people were going in Westbrook's stats and his efficiency. Uh, but yeah, welcome back. I didn't even give this podcast a name. This is the first podcast we're just gonna call it the Off Top Podcast. How about, how about so? Because you lost. Because you lost. You lost, right? No, 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 no. You admit. Who? No, you admit defeat. That's fine. Lo, you messed up the name last time. I'm just being super original. There, and there's a difference from messing up a name. And not even having a name. I mean, I can think of a name off rip. Like, uh, we'll do the the half court line podcast. Wait, but, but we're just gonna call this one the off top. All right, there's no names for it, but just that. How that sound? That sounds good. Any whoosies, yo! Shout out to the podcast people out there listening to the <laughs> listen to the podcast. It's the one and only legend of winning, aka Low. Like Agent said, you follow me on Twitter. Actually, shout out to um. The Almighty Baller Podcast. They actually network. They actually have on their on their um on their website. They actually have a Twitter feed of us, like on the side of all the things that we tweet out. So stick about stick with us stick with us on Twitter and stuff like that at Legend of Winning at Call Me Agent Zero. So you can you can hear me go on my apparently I go on rants on Twitter. I just I don't know. I just be thinking about stuff. That's all, man. You know, I just sit back. Think Low, about basketball. Here's the thing, bro. I'm gonna need you to talk a lot of shit about my guy DeRozan because on the last podcast you were saying Drew's not worth this, Drew's not this good. Yo, he's been tearing it up ever since that podcast. The second you said that, man. So right now, Law, I invite you an opportunity to just talk shit about DeRozan. Yeah, Drew. Yo, I, honestly, yeah, yeah, Drew Holiday has been playing really, really good, which I I applaud because I I like the fact that you know. We talking about grown ass men who are who are not allowing uh, injury that happened to Demarcus Cousins, which is still a big injury and it's still a, a hard hit to their organization. But they could have easily take taken the L, let the excuses run in. Oh, they don't have Demarcus Cousins, so it's okay for them to lose. But yeah, shout out to Drew Holiday and shout out to Anthony Davis. But more specifically, shout out to Drew Holiday because yeah, you're right, bro. He been he been balling. I don't think no one really talking about it just because Anthony Davis is putting up ridiculous numbers, but. Drew Holiday, he been averaging like twenty five points over the last like seven eight games, over fifty percent from the field, like seven eight assists. Yeah, he he's, been. he's a big part of the reason why AD is averaging those numbers. Last night he had seventeen assists to go with nineteen points, and I mean outside of last night he shot thirty one percent. He's shooting 63, 61, 61, like phenomenal efficiency, and that's coming at the point guard spot. So I mean, here's your time, low. If you want to say anything about DeRozan, you can. I invite you to say anything you want about Wiggins as well. Here's your time. Oh, I've been saying stuff about Wiggins. He's just not going to show up. Okay, how about DeRozan? Could we get one real quick just for the... Yeah, DeRozan, DeRozan the, has been struggling from behind the arc, so that's kind of, you know... That's okay, kinda I'm sus. glad you said that. That's kind of oh, sus. No, he's going to make the three-point shootout next year now. All right. Uh, that's, uh, I low, that. uh, 
I have to inform you because you don't see the thing, man. You might have missed a video or two from my channel. So I got a chance to sit uh, courtside. And first of all, it's phenomenal because you could basically reach out and touch the guys inbound. Yeah, you, you're touching um, you're touching the, the um basketball player who gave you the tickets. Yeah. I just, like I said last time, you, you a side chick. What? That had nothing to do with nothing. Okay. But if you watch the game, it was the Raptors versus the Hornets. It was a close game. Raptors almost choked at the end. But in the start of the fourth quarter, low, uh, uh, I think it was Kemba Walker put up a shot. It bricked. The ball came right towards me. And Cody Zeller said, fuck it. Let's just sprint and try and retrieve this ball. Low, when I tell you a seven-foot player in the NBA just sprinted and dived at my chair. I can't make this stuff up. And uh, I had to go back and see what the broadcast was talking about. Uh, Jack and Matt from the rap broadcast were like, uh, he's wearing a sweater. He's all right. <laughs> like they were saying like, yo, yo, he, nobody really that sits courtside wears sweaters. Usually they're all like living with Gucci. So were you on TV? Yeah. Literally so wait, if, I, if I were to have watched that game, I would have seen that play and seen you get tackled. Yes, yes. People what? tweeted at me. I can I can show you the link. I literally saved it because it was so hilarious. He sprinted at me, dove at me. My chair bent backwards because if it didn't, I literally would have fell back on my ass. And they had to replace the chair and everything. This shit was hilarious. He dapped me up and uh, he got back into the game and everything like that. But it was it was pretty hilarious. It didn't really hurt, but my elbow was feeling kind of. Like my elbow, it wasn't. It felt tingly, but uh, this honestly, man I was said my elbow felt tingly. Oh my god! Because you know, it, it didn't really sprain. It didn't hurt, but like it felt like something happened to it. Like you know, I was anyway. It was a pretty neat moment, honestly. Uh, the guys that were sitting to the left of us told me that they've been sitting there for years and they've never had that happen before. It just so happens the one and only time I'm sitting courtside on the baseline, uh, an NBA player comes running right into you. So. If you ever wondered how it feels for the cameraman to get smothered and trucked by the NBA players you see sometimes in the clips, I know how that feels now, man. It was a great moment. Mm. What about and the Raptors won that too? Now, now keep it a buck. Seven foot players. I know, like we all know that seven foot. We're really people in general or tall. But when you when he was like running towards you, you thought to yourself like, oh shit. He's really seven feet tall, like, I, cause I stood to a few next to a few seven <laughs> seven foot players, and you don't really understand how tall seven feet is until you're standing next to them, and it's like a significant height difference, like it's crazy tall. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah, uh, honestly, I didn't even. I thought the cameraman in front of me was gonna get decked. We were like going back and forth talking throughout the game. Yo, when I the cameraman in front of me did some Matrix jujitsu stuff to get out the way. And yeah, I'm not editing out. Call. I'm not editing out. I gotta out. leave. I gotta leave that call. Let me leave that call just on the just for the podcast. It keeps interrupting every time I'm recording something, bro. They come through and interrupt. I have to leave, man. Uh, but yeah, man, it was low. I, I recommend. I'm so serious to the people listening. All right, if you're a crazy basketball fan and you've been watching since whatever, I so much recommend. That you just go all out one summer and work your ass off. And especially if you don't live in a major city, the tickets are going to be a lot cheaper. Try and go against a team that isn't that great, like the Nets or um, who's a bad team? The Dallas Mavericks, because the tickets are going to be cheaper. You have to experience courtside. 
Like, don't don't mess with lower bowl. Like, even the low side, even like six rows. No, 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 no. You have to have your feet on the court in the very. It's such a brand new experience. Honestly, I've never had that type of fun. I never even knew it was possible until that game. And it wasn't even like a very entertaining game. Not a lot happened. I mean, there were some great blocks by Pirtle. Uh, CJ Miles always makes it lit when he bangs a three-point shot. But it's such a phenomenal experience, honestly. If you're a basketball fan and you don't ever in your life get to sit courtside, I'm telling you, you missed out. You just got to ball out just one time with your buddy. Work all summer. It's definitely going to be worth it. Well, everybody, er- everybody ain't rich like you, one. Two... My uncle, he, my uncle, he has been courtside and he said, yes, it's a totally different experience. Not necessarily because how close you are, but you can kind of just feel the energy from the players. And it's just like a whole nother like atmosphere and like you can really actually feel it. And it's like, that's, it's just a whole nother feeling. You can hear them too, which is like, which is a game. The amount of times I heard Dwight turn to the ref and be like, yo, how many times you gonna pull me before you call it? (laughs) <laughs> like you can really hear everything they say, man. Anyway, is I reckon yo grind the whole summer, rack up like a thousand dollars, a thousand two hundred, and just sit on the baseline is usually cheaper. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, no experience can make up for that. It's definitely worth it. Anyway, uh, I felt like I had to say that. Let's I don't know. I've, to, uh, I, I have been to a few games, but I've never really thought about. You know, going courtside though, but well, I might have to. I might have I'm to. I'm telling you, not not no Atlanta game though. It has to be like you might have to. I, go but to I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie though. If Atlanta gets and they might get a top, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're gonna get a top pick this year. If they get a top pick this year, maybe a few years coming up, it might be the move to go to Atlanta games now. It might be yo. I don't think so at all. But all I right, don't know, man. bro. Like if, if they start, <laughs> if they start tanking, and the Hawks get like two or three top five draft picks in a row. That might be the move, cause I done been to a uh, few Hawks game and, and it, it low key cheaper, was a right? move. Like what? Are, no, what are base, I went. What are... I went the last. The last. Well, I went. I went to one this year, but the last one I actually went to and we was pretty close. We were like like six, eight rows from the court. It was back when I think it was it was a sixty one season, and it, was, it just so happened to be the night that they played the Sacramento Kings and they broke the franchise record for most threes in the game. Oh and, wow! And Corver was going off. Bro, yeah. that that was crazy. Cause everybody, as soon as Corver gets the ball, like he's you can see him running down the court and he pulls up, everybody's like, uh Bang! And everybody just go crazy. It's it's by it, yeah, it's it's a legit it's a legit feeling. And in my opinion, yeah. but I mean obviously we basketball fans, in my opinion, that's that's a much better better feeling than baseball, definitely a better feeling than baseball. And, yeah. and a better feeling in football because football, you don't really get to see any, you don't really get a home run type of a feel or a, a dunk type of a feel in football unless something major happens like uh, a huge gain or it, do, it doesn't really get it's, tight until the fourth it's quarter. It's spread out. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. it's not concentrated energy. Yeah. It's more like, you know, every once in a while there'll be a 10 yard pass you get hyped about. Yeah. But I, I, 10 I out of 10 would recommend. I agree. I agree. 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be cheaper for you too. But I didn't. I didn't pay for my tickets. I got them uh, through a plug. So. Yeah, I know. You just you told me last time you're one of your uh, your group your groupie your groupie for someone. I'm a. <laughs> yeah, you said that. You said that. What happened at all? No, that's. I mean, that's but, what uh, you said. Yeah, you was a groupie, yo. But no, um, that's not even. No, nah, I mean, uh, by the way, on the same note, um, the, for whatever reason, the mics and the cameras have been picking up. 
more NBA chatter on the court. And I think it was last night, uh, Carmelo was caught yelling out like, where is my fucking help? <laughs> Yo, did and you see, right, did you see that game live or did, were you just watching? No, I watched it. I watched it afterwards. Okay. I didn't see it live. That game. This was that first one, that, that was that was funny. One, two. That was probably one of the most boringest games I've seen with like that many star talented players on the floor. The way that like Houston and, and the Thunder play is just so boring. It's just like pick and roll. Nah, not the not nah, I don't know about uh the Thunder, but Houston's not boring to watch, bro. I don't I don't like I don't I mean I'm not it's not like a knock on James Harden. It's just that I'm not a fan of the come down, dribble, pull up type of gameplay. I don't, I don't really like that. I don't like the whole, like, set a pick, roll. That, to me, that's not that's not exciting. I just don't like it. So but, what do you like to watch, then? I, I, I don't even mind watching. I'm like, I, don't, I really don't mind watching, you know, the way the Spurs play, like the Hawks play when they won 60 games. That is so backwards from what everyone else thinks. You just mentioned the team that most people would generalize as a Boring, quote the the um team. the Warriors, bro. The Warriors play Warriors probably play the funnest style of basketball. Funnest, I agree. Even though it's not a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, but you know what I'm talking. About. Don't don't be don't be that guy. Yeah, but, I'm just saying it's not a word. But keep going. But uh, yeah, I just I don't I just didn't like that style of basketball. But I, I did watch that game live, and the Thunder they got like severe problems. Like that that play that you're talking about, like the whole no helping on the defense. Lack of communication. Like, it's, it's a whole bunch of people who are like, you know, they don't have Roberson no more, so their defense is going to suffer. And it's like, one player shouldn't mm-hmm. be that significant, especially when you have two other players who can play defense at an, either an elite level or at least a borderline elite level in PG and Steven Adams. And then offensively, so, like, that team is just, that team, that, they have way too many offensively talented players for them to struggle that much on the offensive end. I saw that clip out of context. But why was Carmelo on Harden on an ISO? Was there some sort of switch? Cause yeah, what can- happened in the play was that they were switching, and they were basically switching throughout the entire game. And that's the reason why, I'm, again, I'm just not a fan of the way that they play because like every single time they were just coming down, pick and roll, very predictable, switch on Harden or, or um, Chris Paul, and then they were just running ISO ball. And I'm assuming Carmelo was waiting for like Steven Adams or someone to slide over and come with the help because he obviously can't play defense. So then that was when it happened, but that never happened. They never like the, the switch never came or the help never came. And so Carmelo was kind of left on the island, which I don't necessarily know if we're blaming Carmelo on that or if we necessarily saying that someone else played bad defense, but no, nah, it didn't that's seem to be his fault. Happened. He looked like he was definitely trying to give Harden a lane to the right and he did, but he was expecting some sort of pinch. And a potential rotation, and none of that happened. He kind of just got left. He looked, you could see him look back as he was trying to keep up with James Harden. And he's like, Yeah, so who's that guy that's going to help me out? I'm literally directing him in one way, leading him right to the basket unless somebody picks up with me. But anyway, uh, it's, it's a, I don't know. I don't even, I don't, here's the thing, man. They got a lot of talent for a team that's struggling this much this late into the season. I mean, we could assume at some point they'll pick it up, and they've definitely had uh, streaks during the season where it felt like, yo, these guys could compete with Houston, right? But then you see games like this, and then it just kind of reminds you, like, <laughs> sometimes, you know, is they might just be one of them teams that are just really, really streaky, or they might figure it out over these next couple months before the playoffs start. And they have a little bit of time considering some of the major injuries to the Western Conference teams, like the Timberwolves and the Spurs, but... 
They'll be all right. All they got to do is figure it out before the playoffs get there. What's up? It's Justin from the Driving Dish NBA podcast. When I was in eighth grade, I switched from wearing glasses to contacts because I liked playing the game of basketball. And ever since then, I've had to deal with getting contacts, which takes way too long. You have to sit in the waiting room for a really long time. It always kind of smells weird in there. That all changed when I found simplecontacts.com. You show them a picture of your prescription. You pick the brand of contacts that you use. You put in your address and they're on their way. And so much cheaper than going to a doctor every single time you you need contacts. Took me about 15 minutes right before I left for work, and we're going to save you $30 off your first order with them at simplecontacts.com/almighty or use the enter code almighty at checkout. That's $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com/almighty or enter the code almighty at checkout. Just remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. They only do a test that makes sure your contacts are going to give you 20-20 vision. They don't write completely new RXs or examine eye health. But the, the thing is with that team is that they shouldn't be in a situation where they're struggling. That That's the whole part that I'm kind of frustrated with with that organization is that they're struggling at a moment when you're on a team where you have the talent. All three of the players have basically put themselves in that situation where they can succeed. Russell Westbrook could have not signed with the organization and could have went somewhere else. PG um, was looking to be trading. They actually put him on a team that had competent help. And Carmelo Anthony had a no-trade clause, so he's the one who had to waive his no-trade clause just to be put on his team as well. So the fact that they're all willing to be on, on the same team with one another, I just feel like they, there's... At this point, there's just no excuse for for none of them to struggle as significantly as they've been struggling. And like we said last podcast, Russell Westbrook has been shooting so so bad from the field, it's ridiculous. And the fact that someone that talented is that inefficient and has this much help throughout their entire career, I don't. I mean, I've been trying to be optimistic because I've said in the beginning of the season that this team had a, a legit chance to compete with the Warriors and the Rockets and stuff like that, but. Even even if they finish with a top four or three seed in the in the Western Conference, I just don't see how this team is going to make it past the second round. So and if they end up, if they end up being where they are right now, like in the seventh or eighth seed, I don't even see them making it past the first round. Obviously, because you'd have to match up with the Warriors or the um, Rockets. Uh, so we brought up last podcast uh, Westbrook's horrible shooting percentage, especially from three. Uh, I think it was TNT put up a stat during the middle of the game. I, I literally paused. I was like, damn, because it, it's kind of like a skewed stat. But they said 17, uh, when Westbrook shoots 17 field goal attempts or less, the team is 14-2. and two. When he shoots 18 yeah. or more, the team is 22-25. and 25. You can make an argument that some games when someone is hot, Westbrook's not shooting as much. But I think there's a, a common middle ground <laughs> where it's... It, it, when Westbrook shoots too much, his inefficiency hurts the team, even though theoretically speaking, a lot of people make a case that it helps open up the floor for everybody else. But if he's not finding everybody else when they're open on the floor, then it doesn't really matter. And there's players on the team shooting good percentages, so it's kind of odd to me why he wouldn't help find those players more. Um, or it might just be the way that teams are playing OKC. Maybe they figured out the way that they like to play, and OKC can't find a workaround, but... They have a lot of work to do considering, low on the Eastern Conference, Portland is number three and New Orleans is number four. You mean and I know it's, you mean you it's mean not separated yet. Yeah, it's not separated by a lot in the Western Conference, but I don't think anybody would have predicted those two teams be that high. 
regardless of whatever the context or the situation, even with yep. injuries, I think people still would have assumed Minnesota, San Antonio, and even OKC would be above those two teams. So, oh, it's kind of weird how it's shaping up, man. Uh, there's a lot of winning streaks going on. Houston extended theirs last night to 16. Uh, Golden State, Portland, and New Orleans are all six, eight, and nine streaks, respectively. Like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty unpredictable, and thank God it is because I'm tired of these predictable ass seasons. I like these teams like Portland and New Orleans coming out of nowhere, man, and making some noise, even though they're likely to just get swept in the playoffs. But like I, like I said though, and and why I I continue to applaud a team like the like the um Pelicans or the Blazers, where again entering the NBA season, our expectations were definitely lower than the Thunder expectations because of the talent that were on the roster. However, the whole purpose is again to win games and go out there and, and execute properly and try to figure out ways to win, even if you're put at said disadvantage. So when you have teams that don't have enough talent on their roster or can't compete talent-wise, especially individually, to the Oklahoma City Thunder, but yet they're still finding ways, they're still adjusting, and they're just becoming a better unit as a whole. I always applaud that more so than I applaud the Oklahoma City Thunder, which actually leads me to my next point, which is the All-NBA teams. So, like you said in the beginning, I've been been looking at the All-NBA teams and the way that everything is going to structure out and there's a few things that's going on. One, as we, I'm pretty sure we all know, there's not going to be enough spots for the guards to be on the roster. Yep. But two, it, it's starting to be even more prevalent that I don't, I don't think that Westbrook, and I don't care how close he is to averaging a triple double, I don't care wh- what he's doing. If the Thunder finish with a finish with a seventh or eighth seed, because they're closer to the eighth seed right now than they are to the third seed. So if the if the Thunder finish with the eighth seed in the in the Western Conference, I don't I can't put him in an All NBA team. Like I'm I'm sorry, I can't I cannot put Russell Westbrook in an All NBA team if they finish eighth in the Western Conference. To me, Not, that's crazy. I think like a lot of the reason why people would find that crazy is because of what he's been able to do in the past. But if you're looking exclusively at this year. Even, I mean, uh, you told me to make my list. I was looking at the list like, ooh, <laughs> like, ooh, I think, I think Kyrie, I would make a better case for, I could make a better case for Jimmy Butler or even DeRozan. That's like, why, and, and that's why I was saying too, there's like, there's like a legit, I mean, even if we're counting Westbrook, there's like eight to 10 guards moving forward, especially if everyone's healthy, that can legitimately make an argument for all NBA. But there's obviously, there's only six spots. And I don't, I don't know, man. I, I know he nearly averaging a triple double, but like you said, man, we still got Kyrie, we got Demar, Jimmy Butler, we obviously got Westbrook, and um, I'm not Westbrook. We obviously have Harden and Curry. And if it, if players like John Wall hadn't been suffering an injury, he might be in that conversation. Chris Paul, in my opinion, he's played enough games to be in that conversation, but I think some people may put him on on a back burner because he missed games in the beginning of the season. But this is just so many players, and then and this year we throwing in um, Victor Ladipo's name in a hat. Uh, uh, Daniel, are Damian we no? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Let's be clear. We need to throw the, um, Victor Ladipo's name in a hat. Well, he's not. He's I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying you necessarily have to put him on the team. But there's no, there's no way he should not be at least in the conversation. There's absolutely no way. That I mean, I don't is, even because who would you? Because you gotta, you gotta take someone out for him. 
I don't even know who that player would be. But I mean, but like I said, Jimmy Butler, John Wall, and Chris Paul might not make it this year. I put Jimmy Butler in there definitely. I, no, mean, I don't I, know. I don't. I don't, I don't know even think that's an argument because the impact he had is like I mean, we'll and, and, and Victor Oladipo don't, doesn't have any impact on that team. No one's saying he doesn't have any impact. I just think that Jimmy Butler is such a phenomenal two-way player that literally you could slot him in any team and you'll see their numbers increase and rise. You can't say the same about Oladipo because he's been on multiple different teams. He just found a system that works for him. And that's great for him, but in a stacked and loaded NBA where there's a lot of phenomenal guards, I wouldn't put him in the top six. Well, well that's and, what, and, and let me also say this as well. What I'm starting to realize, and this is kind of also on a historic level as well, Unfortunately, the all NBA teams is they don't translate to the top 10 to 15 players in the NBA. Because there's so many guards in the league right now that would easily make a top 10, 15, or 20 list, however, are not going to be on the all NBA team just because there's only six selections. However, we're giving seven footers some selections just because they're seven feet tall. It's not actually translating to a, a top a top 10, 15 players list. And to me, that's, to me, that is the bigger problem. Like, if you want to, if you want to have a back and forth about Victor Oladipo making an all-NBA team, okay. But in my opinion, this year, Victor Oladipo is a, is a top 15 player this year. He's better than Jokic. He's playing better than Towns. And both Jokic and Towns have a better chance of making an all-NBA team just because they're seven feet tall. Whereas, or Victor Oladipo, as you just sat in here and said, like to you, it's not even feasible for him to make an All NBA team. He's he should be able to make one. Honestly, even he's, if there was those two extra spots, I don't even know if I'd put him in there <laughs> in that situation. Either. Oh, you're crazy, then you're crazy. All the so on the All the on the team that's 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 fourth in the East that has a record of 37 to 27. He's literally one or two games behind the Portland Trailblazers, and his second best player is who? Thaddeus Young. Nah, like come if, on. You if know if that's he, not the second best player, man. Come on. Who's yo. the second best player on that team? Uh, you can make a case for. You gonna say Miles Turner had ass? I was thinking that, and I was like, that's not the right answer, neither. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Miles Turner has been playing good. If yeah. any, if any other guard was on that roster, everybody in the NBA community will be like, "Oh my God, you gotta give him the luck. You gotta put him on the All NBA team." But because it's Vic, and I'm not, I'm not like trying to make it seem like he's like this. I'm not trying to make it like an underrated case or something like that, but because he's Vic and he's not well known and people may be thinking that this might be a, a fluke this year, which I, I understand what people are saying, but if it was, if, da- if Damian Lillard was on that team and they had the exact same amount of success and Vic played on the Portland Trailblazers with CJ McCollum and Jokic and Aminu and all that, I don't think pe- people would be saying that whoever can lead that Pacers team to a forty that they they own, they're on pace to win nearly fifty games, man. Like I don't I don't know how I don't know how anyone can say like he shouldn't be on the All NBA team. Yo, they're almost about to pass Cleveland too. God damn, that's what I'm saying. And they're and they're a half a game behind Cleveland. They're a half a game behind the third seed. I don't think they're going to get it because Kevin Love is coming back. But it's not even. I mean, like they're they're playing really good, and that's just and that's the same team last year when. Paul George didn't perform well on that team, and they were barely making the playoffs. How everyone was like, oh, man, look at the help that he has. He doesn't have that many players on his roster. And now with the exact same pieces, except for Jeff Teague, 
Victor Oladipo is leading that team to nearly 50 games a season. 51 season. I don't know how... To me, that's just... That screams all NBA. But you gotta look at it on both sides of the court. Like, who would you rather have in Chris Paul or Victor Oladipo when you can... Look at Chris Paul. Not only is he in a new environment... This year? This year? Yeah, this year. I'd rather have Victor Oladipo this year. Because that's the thing. What he does for the Rockets, not only defensively, but his efficiency offensively. He's shooting a career high of three-point attempts. He's changing up his game to play in this specific play style that he's not accustomed to, and he's finding ways to thrive on a team that everyone considered would be a two-seed is now in the lead in the Western Conference, and you can begin to make a case because of Chris Paul being added to the team that they stand a chance against Golden State in the playoffs. I think going into the season, everybody kind of just assumed, unless you're a Houston fan, that Golden State would have took that team out in maybe six, maybe five games, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're making a good point. You look at Oladipo's numbers. Dude is shooting 47%. I was about to say, like I'm looking at Oladipo's numbers. Like, he's, he's doing at, phenomenal. He uh, averaged two, he, he averaging over two assists, I mean, two steals, which I know, I know everybody, that's not like the, the greatest metric for how great of a defender you are, but it's not like Oladipo, Oladipo is far from a slouch defensively. And I know that's not what you're saying either, but I, I understand what you're saying with the Chris Paul thing. He definitely had to make adjustments and things like, like that. But also a huge reason why I wouldn't say Chris Paul isn't necessarily because his numbers may have changed because his role has changed, but because he missed some games in the beginning of the season where Oladipo has basically had to play every single game this year. And I, and there's just no way if he, if he would have performed poorly that they would even be anywhere near close. But I mean, you know, low, like all the awards are always delayed by one year. Like, I think anybody would have straight with a straight mind would have looked at the All-Star game and said Ben Simmons should have made it. But for whatever reason, you have to prove yourself one year. Then it's like they almost always get snubbed unless you're Damian Lillard and you add a few years to that. And then it seems like the second year where they established that it wasn't just a lucky year or it wasn't just one system or they proved that they can consistently do it throughout a couple seasons. Usually when they finally get awarded with something, it's happened to Giannis. Uh, ben Simmons this time in the All-Star game. They put Kemba Walker in instead of Ben Simmons. And I, I mean, Kemba Walker did great in the All-Star game, but and yet, I think most people would agree Ben Simmons was more deserving of that. So we we kind of expect it would be very unlikely for him to get in this year. But if he plays this way next year, let alone improves, then he'll most definitely make it. And I don't even think there's a question about that. Plus, I mean, Dame has been just torching it recently, making yeah, a case for why he deserves it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Devin Booker's doing what he does. He's not getting too much buzz anymore because oh, so many Devin, other guards. No, you you can't be one of the worst teams yeah, in yeah. the NBA. Yeah, that's, but I mean, that's, I'm just saying to say like, dead. there's a lot of skilled guards, and so it's going to be highly contested. I remember, Lo, you remember like five or six years ago when Dragic sneaked in the third team, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> how did that happen? I think nobody expected that, and that's why he got such a big uh, paycheck. The following year. But see, but see, that's the but that's the argument that I was making in in the beginning, where it's like we're now at a point where there's just so many guards, where there there is legit eight guards, and that's not, and I'm not saying that because I'm picking one over the other this one specific year that that this player is just leaps and bounds better or just a better player in general than the other, but it's just recognizing that we do have a problem where there's 15 players that get selected for All NBA team. However, we're still under the idea of we have to put positions next to these players. Despite the fact that, and we also going to keep it a buck, 
despite the fact that we really don't even use positions in today's league anyway. Like, we're playing positionless basketball to an extent. Draymond might actually play just as many minutes at the center position than he does at the power forward or the small forward position. So, at some point, I just I feel like we're going to have to make an adjustment anyway, where we're just talking about the top 15 players and stop using this this mentality of we got to give it to these but centers low, because they're what centers. What if I want to compare to other eras? What are we going to do then because you're changing history? What are we going to do, Lowe? Oh, face that. But, and, even, and even going back to other eras, I know you're trying to be funny, but like even going to back to other eras, like in the 90s, it was the same problem, but it was in, in reverse where the censors were getting left out. The year that Patrick Ewing in 94 let the Knicks to the, to the finals, he wasn't an all NBA player. He didn't, he was not an all NBA player. That it's the craziest thing in the world to, to actually listen to it. But Patrick Ewing missed the all NBA team in 94, 95, and 96. He didn't make an all NBA team again until David Robinson got hurt in 97. Because Patrick Ewing played in an era where Hakeem, David Robinson, and Shaq were dominating. But that doesn't mean that Patrick Ewing wasn't one of the better players in the league. It just that it just means that he was in an era where, you know, it's other players. And so now Patrick Ewing can't be he can't receive a career altering achievement just because, you know, we got to give these other miscellaneous guards that really aren't that good of a guard, such as Reggie Miller. And yeah, I'm calling out Reggie Miller. <laughs> we gotta give we gotta we gotta give Reggie Miller all NBA status because he's a guard. Like to me, like stuff like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of just the way everything's been it's working. It's tough. I mean, yeah, I guess you could use that metric. <laughs> it's tough. Yes, indeed, it it's is. tough. Uh, uh, Angle Lotto. They get Dame, checks for that Dame, now, low. Like Dame, uh, Dame, Dame is going to have to get snubbed, bro. <laughs> yeah, he definitely does have to. Dame, get, I'm, 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 putting, I'm putting I'm putting Ola deep over Dame. Low, the amount of money that's associated with these all was it Anthony Davis? Which is another that's, a, that's another crazy thing. That's another right? crazy thing. Yes, it's, yeah, it's, it's the it's, money. It comes money. with a bag, right? So it sometimes they'll put in the contract. If you're a superstar, they'd be like, "Listen, you're making this money, but if you make an All NBA team, it's like you make twenty million more because yep. then you've established that you're a dominant player." And so it's not yep. even just a badge that you wear on your chest sometimes when you're in the Olympics. Not just some shit that you spit out after you retire and you're trying to. Uh, I mean, there's, you have your Hall of Fame speech or whatever. This is literally this. There's a whole bag tied to this one achievement, which you can make a very good case isn't quote unquote fair. Like if they give Anthony Davis something and they're like, "Yo, uh, if you make All NBA team, then you get an extra 25 million uh, in this specific year or throughout this course of years if you do this many things like it's it's like they're working on commission basically but it's going to be easier for Anthony Davis to accomplish that than a player like uh, DeMar DeRozan just because there's so much competition at his position yep. but anyway so I guess now, in that sense and now, it hurts not only that let me, let me finish it on this not only is it easy for Anthony Davis and this it's not me trying to say that Anthony Davis doesn't deserve it because Anthony Davis, obviously, especially how he's been playing over the last 10 games, definitely deserves it. But it's easy. It's even easier for Anthony Davis because the voters, they'll even play games where they'll be like, well, because like this year, even though Anthony Davis has spent a lot of time at the power forward position, I promise you he's going to be put at the center position. <laughs> so Anthony Davis, actually, he can apply for a forward and a center position. Just so we can fit in other forwards or just because we don't want to give and beat the first team, we're going to give Anthony Davis the first team. 
I promise you that's what's going to happen. But yeah. if you're a guard, it's tough. Like, you got to, you literally, like, it's, you, you're done. Like, you got to be at the guard position where forwards can manipulate and play different positions and they get better chances at making an all-NBA team. That's, that shit crazy. Be so how do we decide who plays what position? Like, Chuck Hayes had no business playing center, but that was technically his position. You know, even when he played for the Raptors, nobody really liked him on the team. And when he played, I think he played for Sacramento before that. Like, or even players like Charles Barkley, we have undersized bigs. Is Draymond the center? He plays power forward a decent amount. Like, do they just decide what position you play the majority if, if of your playing time? If I, yeah, I'm, I say, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually, they, they keep count of how many, um, how, how much time you spent at a certain position. And then they'll give That's um, messed up, though. What if, like, you're, remember when, uh, uh, in his couple last years with the Pacers, Larry Bird was like, oh, I have a brilliant idea. Let's put Paul, uh, Paul George at power forward. And Paul George was like, yeah, no, I definitely don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> But what if that was the difference between a forward and a center? And you're talking about a player like Draymond, and he didn't want to play center. But, you know, anyway, it's just. I, I see I see what you're saying. Like, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know how they do it because there have been, been years where when whenever it just fits someone's fancy, they'll put Tim Duncan at the center position. God. Like I see, I seen, I seen that multiple times where it's just like, well, last year he was a power forward, this year he's a center now, and it's like, I guess, I mean, I'm not saying that Tim Duncan can't play both power forward and center, but like, are we just putting him at the center position just so we can squeeze out another four? Like, is that what we're doing now? Is it only it's it's only whatever position he plays that's most convenient for you at that moment? So I mean, I'm, I see what you're saying though. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty big achievement though. I mean, outside of the MVP, that's probably. The one thing that players would be like, yo, I really, really want to get an All-NBA team. Because it's more exclusive than even getting to be an All-Star, let alone a mm-hmm. starter in the All-Star game. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I heard you uh, going in on that topic over there on Twitter. You, I see, so you use all caps, so you made sure everyone knew you were super serious about everything. Fact, you throw out hey, some before, polls wait, wait, before, before we go, though, we move on to the next subject. I need to see, I need to at least get your guards for the All-NBA team, bro. Uh, yeah, I actually have to write my list out. When I was writing the list, I was like, yeah, this can be some snobs. Uh, my first team is Curry, Harden, LeBron, KD, and I just pushed AD to center because, again, I didn't think Embiid was first team, but we'll just roll with it. Second team was Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, Paul George, and Embiid. Did you and- put Giannis? Oh, Jesus Christ. It's not wrong with Giannis on the second team, man. I mean, not, 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 I'm sorry, not Giannis. Um, Butler. You put Butler... Yeah, but not only just for his efficiency, but because I, I respect how big an impact he made to that team defensively. Um, and, you know, he's had experience with Thibodeau, so it probably wasn't a crazy integration. My uh, third team is Kyrie, DeRozan, Draymond, LaMarcus, Cat. Honestly, I didn't even know, like, I didn't know who to put for that second forward spot. <laughs> I just said, fuck it. I guess, I guess LaMarcus has to go there because I don't yeah, really know I, who- I had- I had a problem with that. I didn't know if I was. I didn't know if I wanted to give it to Draymond. I was like, I don't know, but I just gave it to him. So, what are your teams? My team was Curry, Harden, and Bead at the center. But if we want to throw Anthony Davis at center, I guess we can do it. And then uh, LeBron, KD. Yeah. Second team is right now is Westbrook, Kyrie at the guards. But like I said, if if, if Westbrook finished with the eighth seed, I don't know if I can put him on these teams, man. Um, center is Towns, Giannis, and then Davis. And then I, my third team is Oladipo, Demar, Jokic, Paul George, and Draymond. 
So Kyrie didn't make your list. Who? Kyrie. No, Kyrie was my a second team guard. Second team guard. So who got snubbed? You put DeRozan in there. You put Kyrie. I put, oh, you put, you didn't I put did, Jimmy Butler in there. I didn't wow. put Jimmy Butler. I didn't put Dame. I didn't put Chris Paul. Uh, luckily this year, John Wall he's been he's been in, in and out. So he I don't I don't think he should have really. You made think it. Oladipo is having a better season than Jimmy Butler? Yes. Well, I mean, also, 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 shout out to Brad Beal because I think Bradley Beal could make an argument for him nah, why he should be. No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> know. Pu- I don't, I'm just not. not I'm, I, 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 how about this? I don't think he, he's probably he's not gonna make it, but he's playing good enough to make it. Like if no, he was, he's not. I don't know, bro. Because well, because there's like three or four players ahead of him without a doubt. With, with and then there's more players in the conversation. You could say is he better than like you? You never put him over Dame. And I don't even think Dame is close to reaching All NBA. Just how stacked the guards are. Oh, I don't know. If he, I think Dame is close. I don't know. I'm looking at. I'm just saying again. At Vic, with Victor Oladipo, in the beginning of the season, people were not even expecting that team to make the playoffs. No, I, mean, they were. I, I understand. I understand. Like the East is weak, but we're not. We weren't even thinking about they were going to make the playoffs. Not only are they in the playoffs, but we're talking about fourth seed, a half a game behind the third seed. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not talking about like some miscellaneous. He's six, barely hanging on to the sixth seed. Might be eighth seed if they go on a two game losing streak. No, we're talking about thirty seven, twenty seven on a fifty win pace. Even when Butler was healthy, the Timberwolves might have maxed out at 55, and the Timberwolves still had, they still got Towns and Wiggins on that roster. If anybody else is leading that Pacers team. Yeah. No, I'm glad you just brought that up. While you were doing that, I, I searched up uh, some predictions that these quote unquote experts have been making. Yo, I, I, guys, I recommend with a passion, you guys search up some of these predictions. Bleacher Reports, ESPN, CBS Sports, Fox Sports. Just search them up. They look hilarious. They had Boston at number one with 57 wins. You have to scroll all the way down to five to find the Raptors with 47 wins. Which is the and, cra- which is the most disrespectful thing in the world. But and, ahead, and you have to scroll all the way down to 12 to find the Pacers with 30 wins on the season. <laughs> Now that, but that's, see, that's, why, that's what I'm saying. Like no one, well, no one doesn't. No one was not expecting them to win this this many games. Yeah, no one wasn't. Uh, yeah, and and I mean the same goes for the Western Conference. They got it very very off with plenty of teams. And so I'm sure the NBA players look at those lists like after the season. Like you guys couldn't have been more wrong. Unless you're the Phoenix Suns and they place you dead last, and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing right now uh, on a stampede a to fight. see who can get the first round pick. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah, shout out, shout out to um to Toronto, because for whatever reason the media hate y'all. Yo, they hate us, and they'll never. I'll be, I'll be pissed off. I'll be pissed off if I was a Toronto fan. I couldn't stand it. I'll be, yeah, every year, every off. year, Shaq says something like, "Oh, the Raptors just don't have it in the playoffs." But it's like, like I'm not even a historian like Shaq should be, but Shaq should know. Like, before super teams were just being built through free agency all willy-nilly every single year, how did teams build up? Is They took their L's, they got better, you get swept by the Wizards, you lose to the Nets, and then you improve. You make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, you get destroyed by the Cavs. Next year, you lose to the Cavs again. And you're trying to get over the hump of beating this one team. But throughout that whole process, not only are they improving on the things they're doing wrong, this year they've made a dramatic change to their play style without altering personnel, which is crazy. And so I just don't see how Shaq, 
living in an era where people are doing exactly what the Raptors did to build teams. Built teams, he could turn around and say that this team will never get over the hump. That's like when people said Golden State will never get over the hump because any any team that's heavy in three-point shooting lives and dies by the three. That was a, that was the thing people used to say. They're just going to live and die by the three. They'll never actually win the finals. Then they won the finals and everything changed. And so that opened the lane for teams like Houston to just start chucking up threes because they finally found a formula that works and won an NBA championship. So people like... I, I just don't get why people like to use previous seasons as a, a, the most valuable predictor of how well a team is going to do in ignoring their... Anyway, Charles Barkley was on TNT saying like the Raptors is his favorite in the East. And everyone looked at him like, whoa. And I'm like, that's not that crazy, man. The Cavs are doing bad right now. The Celtics are straight. So he's really just a battle between three teams now, the currently. Cel- even, even, even the Celtics are struggling because the Celtics are heavily dependent on Tatum to be consistent offense and he hasn't been consistent offense. Like, but we, I think we, they have enough like, depth. I, I, I agree with you. Like, we're going to keep it a buck. Like, until Love gets back, I don't understand how anyone cannot say that the, the Raptors are the best team in the East. It's, I don't it's, know how you can't say it. And, and, and even it's, going it's, back to your whole, like, them, them hanging on to what happened, like, three or four years ago. One, that was three or four years ago. Two, DeMar was like, DeMar DeRozan was like 24, 25. <laughs> like, he's in his prime now. The fact yeah. that we're, yeah, like, y'all are, like, holding on to some something that happened three or four years ago when DeMar DeRozan was... 25 entering his prime and here we are in the last two years where they've consistently really been 50 plus win teams and DeMar is now 27 28 in his prime statistically having the best the best seasons of his career and they've added better pieces as they continue to develop as well like like three or four years ago Jonas was 21 like I don't I don't understand like why why that doesn't click and I, I don't get that either but like I don't know. In, in my opinion, until I see Kevin Love with that with that new Cavaliers roster, I don't know how you could even say anyone else. Because even when LeBron is out there putting up triple doubles, but they still losing to teams. Like the Cavs yeah. are still losing. Like I don't understand how that people can say that. It's it's yo. I'm looking at a Sports Illustrated's top 100 list. Yo, they put Chris Middleton ahead of Demar. <laughs> like, like didn't, didn't this, they put did they put like Jay Crowder ahead of Demar, or this, that might be someone else? No, that was that was another list. Jay Crowder is forty four, DeRozan is thirty six. So they put him fairly close. Like, just looking at this list and the amount of errors, like one. And I get that we're capped in hindsight right now. Like, yeah, everything. But even you, at got, the moment, you don't have to be captain in hindsight. I could have told you at the end of yeah, last year yeah, yeah. that DeMar DeRozan is better than Chris Middleton. <laughs> like, it's not even at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, it wasn't even debatable. But that's that's people who get again, who get caught up in like numbers and worried about what is your three point percentage or what is your true shooting percentage? But like, if are they winning games when he's on the floor? Is he getting buckets? Is he making an all star team? Is he an all NBA player? Oh, if he if it's yes on all of them, then he needs to be around the same players who are accomplishing the same thing in your ranking. But then they'll throw Kyle Lowry. They'll 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 give Kyle. They, they love Kyle Lowry. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yo, they put Kyle Lowry at nineteen and Demar at thirty six. Kyle to Lowry one... is consistently a top twenty player the, on those lists. I don't know why. Why I don't get why people think I don't. I guess Lowry is more of like a, a complete player in that like he's a better defender. He's phenomenal on defense. When you see it like. When you're sitting courtside and you see it, the, the how fast they fucking move, their lateral quickness feels like they're at 99. It's crazy. 
But I just any Raptor fan that just look at you and be like, nah, Demar is Demar is that guy, and then Kyle Lowry is there too. So maybe if they inverted that, it'd make a little bit more sense. But anyway, uh, it's, it's always fun to look back at some of these lists and, and poke fun at how, all the stupidity that's inevitably laced all around it. I don't know. I just and I also feel like other players. Not to say that like Demar's on the same level as Carmelo. But, like, I remember when Carmelo was on teams and, and, like, again, Carmelo wasn't that great of a defender. He wasn't – he never let the – he only let the NBA in scoring once. He wasn't that efficient of a scorer. But they were giving Carmelo love. Like, Carmelo was – they always put Carmelo pretty high up in the list. I, I don't know why they don't like DeMar. And I don't know why they don't like Toronto. Because I just, uh, I just a, don't get that part. On a little segue from DeMar, last podcast we talked about how DeMar opened up about his depression. This week – Kevin Love opened up about some struggles he was dealing with and panic attacks. Uh, and and it was weird because uh, LeBron quote tweeted Kevin Love's uh, original tweet. And I think it came with a, an entire article detailing everything he was talking about. And LeBron was like, yo, this shout out because he was just supporting him. Obviously a teammate. And he was, I mean, first of all, shout out to LeBron for always getting involved because he knows he has a lot of influence and he's helping people out. But the replies to LeBron's quote tweet were like, uh, you remember when you guys were all pointing fingers at Kevin Love? <laughs> Being the I, you know what's crazy? I thought about that too. As soon as this came out, I was like, was this the, was this the game that he left because he had a panic attack? And then as soon as they get in the back, everyone is like, bro, why'd you leave? It's like, Damn, he can't even like have a breather for a second, and we find out like he has a panic attack, and then he goes in the back, and then his his whole team is just jumping on his back, and they don't even know what's going on. And like, honestly, that's, that's I feel like it's disrespectful because of all the players on the Cavaliers right now, Kevin Love has sacrificed the most. Dude, do you guys remember who Kevin Love was when he was on the Timberwolves? He was that guy, like in the low post at the three point line and on the boards. The amount he's had to give up is almost equivalent to what Chris Bosh did. Literally entirely reinventing himself to fit into LeBron and the Cavaliers' play style because he wanted to win some championships. And so that guy who knew he was going to take a hit, who knew that public perception was no longer going to consider him a top player in the league because now he was going to be playing under LeBron, that guy who's also now we know is dealing with panic attacks is the guy that we're all going to point blame at every time something goes wrong. He's the glue. The team is, the Cavs for a while now have been, a, have been shooting a high frequency of three-point shots for the last few years now. And whether it was with Channing Fry here or Kevin Love here or in the past it was with Kyrie, like that, I don't, there's a lot of reasons you can point and blame at the struggles they've been going with throughout the season. But I could, I could feel for, for Kevin Love, man. I feel really bad for him. Imagine you have a stadium of like 20,000 people every single night. And all of them expect you to win a championship. And every time you miss a shot, they all criticize you. You have one defensive bad play. It ends up on Shaq and a fool. You're getting roasted on all your... Sh- like, it has to be intense. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was plenty of players in the league who've dealt with panic attacks. Like, it seems like a very, very intense job. A lot of people never, ever consider how crazy it is to be an NBA player. People just think they're living nice. They got this big-ass house, all this money. What problems could they possibly have? Well, how about all the expectations everybody puts on them on a day-to-day basis? Shout-out to it's Kevin not, Love. It's not, even, it's not even really everyone else. It's sometimes even just the expectation that they may put on themselves. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think 
I mean, luckily Kobe, I guess he's just at that. He has a type of mentality, but I don't. I don't think even Kobe or, or Michael really lived a healthy life mentally, the way that they talk about the things that they did. I mean, we all we all love to hear about the stories of you know them waking up, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, working out, only working on um you know a, a few hours of sleep. I mean, that's not really healthy, but I mean, we, we, everyone praises that. And this is a part that even Kevin Love was talking about in, uh, in the article that he wrote for, I think he wrote it for, um, Players Tribune. And he was talking about how, you know, you, you're just raised as not just a man, but a, a professional athlete to kind of just suck it up and, and just play hard. And if you don't play hard, then you're also open to even more criticism, especially if you don't achieve whatever your expectations are. So it's it's a really good read, and I and he brings up a lot of great points and and how at some point you just have to step back and and really give it a breather and kind of just understand where you are in your life and and kind of get an understanding of who you are as a person before you really get really deep into the basketball aspect of it. But I agree, it's it's not just like I say, it's more than just the expectation that people put on you, but it's also the expectation you put on yourself driving yourself consistently to have um to be to be as great as you possibly can while still adjusting to whatever's going on around you and, and on your team. So it's it's an interesting read though. I it's it's something to look into and if you are one of those people who suffer from any type of depression or anxiety or or anything like that, I highly suggest to to look at it, you know? Yeah, um Lo, there was a, I heard from a, a, a verifiable source that there are some NBA players, I don't name any of them in specific, that literally stopped caring. Like, and I mean, sure, I think Derrick Rose is probably the most illustrated example, even though it's never been explicitly said. But uh, I was talking to someone who talks to some of these players, and he was telling me, like, some of these players just stopped caring. I mean, they're there because they get a check, and they still get a chance to play basketball, but, like, they're, they're disengaged now because of all that pressure they end up dealing with is so in year over year, you always hear the stories about Kobe Bryant after a game working out, calling the trainer at 3 a.m. to help rebound for him. And then the trainer goes to sleep, wakes back up, and at noon, Kobe's still there sweating. And you're like, yo, that's crazy. And you just start to assume that everybody in the NBA has a crazy work ethic. But from what I'm hearing, like, there's some players that, like, just, like, they work out when they have to, and then they're just gone. Right. And there's some players literally that will go out partying the night before of a game just because like they've gotten to the point where they're like, yeah, I'm going to get my bag and I'm going to get it. But this NBA stuff, like for me, I'm going to just ride the rest of my career and then end it. I made enough money. Me and my family are going to be living great. It was just crazy to hear s- stories about specific players that I, I won't expose in the podcast. But not everybody is really like Kobe. Oh, engaged, no, you, man. You, you definitely you definitely going to expose it after the podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you after the podcast. Yeah, you definitely exposed in after the podcast. Yes. I mean, I, it, that's that's not that's not too hard to believe because even there are stories about players, especially around the seventies and eighties, where they they really didn't care, and especially at that time where you got players who are twenty, twenty one years old who went to college, came out of college, and they were, they're starting getting paid money that you know their family has never seen. If the end goal is I just need to be in the NBA long enough to receive one or two more contracts and, and financially I'll be secure for the rest of my life, especially if I manage my money correctly. Then I mean, that's not, that's not that hard to believe, especially now when 
the money that people have received over the last year, year and a half has been so much because of the spike in the, in the TV deal. I mean, to me, it makes sense. I mean, why, why stress yourself out and, and live on that type of anxiety and expectations if you know that maybe physically you, you're not going to be able to compete with some of the elite level players or that you're not even expected to be that great of an individual, you know? Yeah. It's very I, I, interesting. I completely agree. It's interesting to see all these players come out. I'm sure that some other players are going to come out with their stories here soon. Oh, it's, it's, pl- it's plenty of players. And and also, I mean, shout out to um Royce White. I think some of you all may be familiar with him. A few years ago, he was a he was a draft prospect. He had really bad anxiety. He was issues, the guy from so, Houston, right? That couldn't ride on yeah, airplanes. He, yeah, he couldn't even he couldn't ride on airplanes, and so they had to let him go. He he devoted his life to making sure you know people are aware of of um, mental anxiety and stuff like that. But he was another very extreme example where a lot of a lot of talented, very talented young man, but he he couldn't play basketball because of the mental anxieties that he has and. I mean that that just comes unfortunately with life. You got to figure out how to how to maneuver around things like that. But if, sometimes you can't. And it just, it's, that's just it's, how it it's is. especially for NBA players because yo they're like eighteen, nineteen when they get in there. Like yeah. when 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 they're eighteen, they go to college and play in front of all these like forty year old white guys who have all these expectations who are always trashing them on Twitter if they end up being a bust or whatever. That literally call these guys names. They call 18-year-olds names when they go one and done because they want to make money in the NBA and they're tired of being exploited by the NCAA. And so they go through all of that and then they make it to the NBA on an even grander scale in the biggest league of all. And they have to prove to people within one year that they belong where everybody begins to label them as a bust. And then that starts to ride on you. You're like, I got to shrug this... uh, What's... People's... uh, a label, I guess you could call it. And you got to start shrugging that off. You Imagine if you're Anthony Bennett. Like, you get drafted first overall. You know there's pressure. And at the time, wasn't he overweight? That has, that has to be hell. Just imagine being Anthony Bennett being drafted the first overall pick. He knew even he didn't though, deserve even, to be first overall. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> even though you know you really should not be the first overall pick. That's crazy as hell. That's crazy. Like, and you know for a fact that you're not really a first overall pick I, player. Bro, I genuinely think if he was like a... 15th pick that he would have had a longer NBA career because all the expectations he would have been on a he would have been on a team with more veteran players they would have put him on a solid organization and he his expectations would not have been as high yeah, yeah. I, I agree I, I definitely agree but because yeah. he was drafted by that team the the Cavs and they expected something out of him immediately right as hell that, yeah. That's crazy. And then he gets bumped around in the G League, and I have no idea where he is now. Is he with the Nets right now, or is he with the G League team? I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's out of the NBA. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, talking about people out of the NBA, low on an off note, I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, there was a clip of Robert Sacre uh, doing a dunk contest. Yeah, I contest. saw that shit. If, this man did a, he tried to do He tried to do almost like a vertical, just like of a two, two, two-leg jump yeah. windmill. And couldn't put it down. And it, the funniest part was he did. I know, though, I can't exaggerate. I know dozens of people from my college or high school that could do better dunks. And then, and then the, the, the judges had the decency to throw up nines and tens. Nines. They threw up <laughs> nines. They threw up nines as if he he did something that they they don't see every single game. Yeah. 
Yeah, that it was, was the craziest. That was craziest. I was always wondering what happened to Robert Sacre after the Lakers. Uh, Lakers is a weird team. A lot of people get like fake hype from them. I remember um, Oral Clark was a small forward for the Lakers a while back, and uh, he generated a lot of help. I mean, a hype, almost like Jordan Clarkson type hype. But Jordan Clarkson actually is a solid player. Uh, I'm about to say <laughs> Earl Clark though got moved. I think he signed with a different team because the Lakers weren't offering him enough money. And like, was it the Wizards? I forgot. But we just never heard of him again. I don't even know if he's in the NBA. I gotta Google his name immediately because I'm so curious now. But Earl Clark. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the NBA. Okay, he was playing for Cleveland. What's he doing now? We got a boot up basketball reference. I know at least a few of you guys. Yeah, he hasn't been in the NBA for a couple years now. He got jumped around Cleveland, New York, then Brooklyn, getting two points per game on a pretty massive contract, shooting about 35% on average. <laughs> yeah, he's he kind of sus. Yeah, anyway, I remember when he used to play for the Lakers, and uh, his, his he was that guy that had so much potential. Anyway, we, we kind of got here from talking about... I want to end it with saying this. Shout out to DeRozan, because he him coming out with his stories... About depression might be the reason a lot of other NBA players come out with their stories about mental health. And that inevitably is going to be a bigger conversation that I think should have already been had. And a lot of people are afraid to talk about because it might affect their perception, their brand, and then eventually their dollars or even their careers. Right. And so we'll see. I'm sure more people are going to come out with their stories, especially legends. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, people and reporters started asking players if they were dealing with this or that or after games and one person says this. And it's going to be like a whole movement, I think. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like this Now, I do have to say this before we move on. Kevin Love, in his last few years in Minnesota. You I don't can even talk think, shit. Don't do that I, No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm asking. I'm not going to talk shit. I'm just going to ask. I don't think is he would he be a, I'm about to see him make a statement. I need to ask you this question. Okay, let me ask the question. Is he a top ten player in today's NBA? When he was with the Timberwolves? Yes. So let's let's add this up. Curry, Westbrook, <laughs> Harden. There's Anthony Davis. Uh would he would he be he's not better than Anthony Davis, okay. Uh no, he's not better than Anthony Davis. I don't think he'd be top ten right now. He'd be top fifteen for sure. But Okay. It would be huge. Somebody would get seriously snubbed if he made the top 10 right now. Um, but he was balling. What was he doing? Like 25 points per game? Definitely getting like 12, 13 rebounds, right? Like that, yeah, yeah. He, he was really, really hooping I, when he was with All him. the reason why I'm asking is because like, I don't, just because he's putting in those numbers, but he wasn't really, he wasn't making the playoffs still. And you could you definitely say injuries and stuff like that. And so I'll, uh, I'll give you that. Didn't the same thing happen to Kevin Garnett, right? It's been like, he's no, been Kevin his- Garnett, no, Kevin Garnett was making the playoffs. Kevin Garnett made it to the conference finals before he even he went made to... It, he made it there once. Literally, you mentioned that one time we're, he made we're it. We're literally talking about someone who was making the playoffs compared to someone who never made the playoffs until he went to Cleveland. No, but Kevin Garnett is just an example of somebody on the same team who, in a different era, kept getting bounced. Like, he didn't... Whether you, you, you could make a very good case, he didn't have enough help, and he gave that organization a lot of chances. But, but Kevin but, Garnett was, a, was definitely a much better player than Kevin Love was. Hmm. There's no hmm on that. No, because I know Kevin better. Love got more points. I know Kevin Garnett obviously is a better rebounder, but I mean uh, Kevin Garnett's obviously a better rebounder. But Love was able to stretch the floor. And I think he provided. No, I, no, Love Love might be a better rebounder. I don't Love think so. I think in, when he was in Minnesota, I think Kevin Garnett was better. 
But I mean, it, it might be debatable. The the defensive side alone will make Kevin Garnett a better player. That's a really good point. Yeah. I'm gonna say just we got to look at their numbers offensively may equal out to be roughly the same. Garnett had a, a few years where he was averaging five five assists though. I don't know if Kevin Love was doing that, but the defensive I mean, side how much alone. Does that mean? <laughs> the, the, the defensive side alone, like that, that alone will make Kevin Garnett better. It's not even close. Yeah, even I, close. I, was, I don't know how much uh, minutes Kevin Love was playing, but I'm looking at Kevin Garnett. There was years where he played 40 minutes. God damn, <laughs> was was Thibodeau around at the time? Dude was no. getting worked, yo. <laughs> they were they were just they were just playing people like that. I don't know. That's that was a weird era. Like everyone was getting paid like play like 40 minutes, like. AI, KG, Kobe, LeBron. LeBron was coming me. in the NBA. LeBron came in the NBA in his first like two or three years. They were like, all right, get to work now. And they just gave him like 40 <laughs> minutes. I'm like, yo, what? He's like 19 years old. Like, chill out for a second, yo. Yo, on that note, uh, low people were, uh, the NBA actually struck uh, a sword in the hearts of Bulls fans looking at it. Uh, yo, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, so the Bulls were basically arresting healthy players. And the NBA is like, no, nah, you're not going to do that, that shit. We ain't so, doing that. We ain't doing no more shenanigans like that. That shit was hilarious, though. So was it a warning? They issued them a warning, and the Bulls had to play Robin Lopez and a couple other veteran players they were keeping let me, out? Let, let me tell you what it was. It was it was Adam Silver like, I peeped I peep the bullshit y'all doing. We ain't going to let that keep happening. That's what that was. He was like, all right. We, I see what y'all trying to do. I see y'all about a couple of games ahead. They ain't got nothing to do with the NBA. Y'all the one who decided to play all them young talented players and y'all start winning games and keeping competitive. So <laughs> we not we not about to be out here with these shenanigans sitting healthy players to the side just cause y'all wanna lose some games. Y'all need to keep playing them players or or, or do something else. I don't, I don't understand why they just I would just start waving people. I'll just start waving them. <laughs> I don't I'm like well you I can't I can't play them if they're not on my team anymore, I would wave them. <laughs> They would have to get you waved. How hard they could get hit with a fine, yo? <laughs> they would have to get waved. You can't, you can't tell me to play somebody if they're not on my team. Yo, uh, do you remember like six or seven years ago? I think it was when Steve Nash was on the Lakers. The Lakers were uh, battered with injuries. I think they only had eight active players going into a game. And something happened where literally they didn't have enough players to form a starting lineup. Like, there was no longer five players. I think a, a couple guys fouled out or something. Whatever the case, it was the most hilarious situation, man. But it kind of reminded me of that. Like, if they just start trimming everybody, like, honestly, I think they would definitely get fined if they did that because it would be very explicit and egregious. But would it's, it be also, it's also disrespectful to the guys that have season tickets. Like, behind the scenes, season ticket holders are going to be a large chunk of the... Uh, Ticket sale revenue, right? Look, and so bro, usually, season, season ticket holders do not come to the game to go watch Justin Holiday and Robin Lopez because those are the two players that they were talking about. No, but I'm saying in general, when you're resting players, I mean, the Cavs has gotten warnings like that before. So have the Spurs because they have rested healthy players just for the sake of keeping them fresh, which logically makes sense. But I mean, in terms of NBA, it hurts the brand. I would just be cheesed if I had season tickets. And then I found out the team that I bought these tickets for was actively resting players who could have just played a game. And also, what was the reaction from those players? Were they just like, sure, <laughs> like, I don't have to work today? Or, or like, to, well, to be honest, I think, I think both Justin Holiday and, and Robin Lopez, they don't been on, they don't been on bad enough teams to know, they know what the rules are. They know what it is. 
They they know what them DMPs look like. They know what it means to like not play for a game and you still getting the check. Like they know what it is, bro. They, but, but like, there's the two NBA. ways to there's two ways to think about it. There's one way to be like, oh, I don't have to work and I get paid. Like if you just divide the amount of money Robin Lopez is making by 82 games in a season, then you look at how much money he's making per game. I'm sure he would he would much rather just not do nothing. But I'm sure there's also other players like, yo, this is going to hurt my brand. I'm trying to get my numbers up. I'm trying to improve in this, that, the third. Oh, but we're yeah. not really, like the Spurs and, and the Cavs, I'm not necessarily, I'm not concerned about them because them sitting players is for rest to get better for the playoffs. The Bulls are sitting players specifically just to, to go after like the top <laughs> pick. And to me, that's crazy. Yeah, but like you yeah. saying, you saying like, no, it, it'd be too, too blunt. Obviously, they they become a much more tighter after the Sixers have done what they did. But on the low, for people out there who don't know, the Sixers they done they done waived Trevor Booker already. The same player they traded to go for, I mean, to get rid of um Jaleel Okafor, they already done traded. Tra- they done waived Trevor Booker already. They waived him. They dodged a bullet with Jaleel Okafor anyway, man. <laughs> yeah, they they did. But I mean, but like, Air, but like you saying, like they, like they, they waived them. They waived him this year. They waived him like literally a, like a month or two after they they traded for him. Yeah. So, they they've been doing it all year. Mm-hmm. Um. In in other news, low. Uh, I found something hilarious that happened. Marcus Smart was fine for criticizing criti- criticizing uh, the officials, which to me is like hilarious because Marcus Smart. I think is almost synonymous at this point with flopping. You can't go a month without finding a clip viral on the internet of Marcus Smart totally embellishing a call to get something to go his way. And so he does it all the time, and he thinks he's all goofy and hilarious and funny, and for whatever reason, it just pisses me off, man. But he wasn't <laughs> traded at the trade deadline, and now he's just going to turn around and complain that the official's not giving him a call. Regardless of all those times the official has gave him the call, even though there was no contact. Like, how could you turn around and do that? Like, at some point, there has to be a level of balance. Marcus Smart doesn't know what balance is at all. So the pendulum swings both ways, my guy. You're not going to get every single car regardless. And you know what he's probably thinking is, I need to start flopping some more. If they're not willing to give me my calls. And I think if I was a ref low and I knew there was a guy uh, that flopped a lot, I would be so hesitant to give him a call because I'd have to second think, is he playing with me? And if he was... I will, because then you'd have to start breaking some officiating rules. You'd have to get super petty and start to give their team bad calls just because this one guy is pissing you off. You know how much patience you have to be to be a referee, to get finessed by this guy who's also complaining about how you're doing your job, and then give the fair and equal call every single time? I couldn't do it. It couldn't be me. Like if, you, if, you're trying, if you're trying to get away with something you know you're not supposed to be doing, Normally, what people try to do is highlight what someone else is doing, or they try to make examples of how other people get away with something that they're not supposed to be doing. And that's basically what everyone is doing right now in the NBA. If you get pulled over for for you know for speeding, you were speeding, but you're gonna be like, man, look at him, he's speeding, they speeding, everybody's speeding, but you ain't <laughs> stopping them. So that's basically what everybody doing in the NBA right now. Like I, I get away with some BS calls here and there, here and there that y'all really don't call. But if I drive to the lane and I get knocked over a little bit, bro, I want some calls. Mm-hmm. And everybody, I mean, everybody doing it right now. PG was doing it. 
LeBron has been doing it for quite some time now, for the past, uh, really the whole entire year, because he's been saying that he drops. I was going to say paint. decade, but that works well, too. Wow, dude, you're, you're ODing. LeBron has been doing it a lot over the last year because he's been driving into the lane so many times, and however, he's. He's not getting near. calls, though, so his is a little different situation. He's That's what I'm actually, saying, and he's not getting calls. However, there's a lot of times where LeBron, he drives into the lane, and it's an offensive foul, and they never call it. They never call it an offensive foul. So I, I think I think it works on both. The, the shoe's on both feet, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's, you can, you, you can get called for offensive fouls. You can also get called for the flopping. There's defensive fouls that don't get called. I think, I think at the end of the day, even though I, I definitely believe there's some calls that the refs miss, everything evens out. You know? I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I don't but think you, everything evens out at all, but, uh. You don't think every, I, I think for the most part, I think everything will even out. No, not anything that's remotely close to the truth. I think at the end of the day, some teams just get better calls than other teams, and that's just always how it's been. You know, sometimes, some, some, sometimes, but for the most part, now it evens up. Did you know when you mentioned earlier in the podcast that Victor Oladipo was leading the league in steals? Exactly, Vic. You didn't know that, yo. I was, I was just. I thought, I, was, I thought, I thought PG was still leading the NBA in steals. So I guess Vic is doing it now. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's tough. <sighs> sure is, man. He, he making, he making all NBA. Yo, before, before we actually wrap up this podcast, because we didn't talk about this last time, and while I just said LeBron, I, I need to definitely mention it. LeBron became the first player in NBA history to score thirty thousand points, record eight thousand rebounds, and eight thousand assists. Well, what is this? What does this mean for his career, especially him stacking up against other all-time greats? Really, just stacking up against Michael Jordan because let's just—it doesn't be honest. mean anything. Why does everyone look at some, the most specific stat? Like ESPN will throw up a stat on the screen that says James Harden is the first player to be left-handed to shoot in this specific uh, spot no, it's not, on it's not this that court. It's not that specific. Come it's on, a pretty, man! It's a pretty impressive thirty thousand I mean, eight and eight. All those numbers are impressive. Yeah, we agree. But we can't start using those numbers to to then gauge using metrics that don't exist. How he compares to folks in other eras. Let's just just let his greatness be. We'll get to that discussion closer to the end of his career. I don't even think we're there yet, man. We, he hasn't even started to trail off yet. You know, Look, man. He got. I don't know why everybody think he gonna play for another like seven years, bro. He he got a good another three or four years in him. We, nah, we're, we're, he got we're already five. we're already at the tail end of his career. I don't know why y'all don't want to admit it. Uh, it's not even the close to the tail end. It's, it's, it's in the body currently, but we're getting close to the, the beginning of the tail. Not even close to the end of the tail. So we got a ways to go. I don't, I don't think it means anything, though. What, is it, what does it mean, though? <laughs> he got all these specific... He got 2.2 2 steals. It's not really... Specific, it's not, we're not talking about steals, but we're talking about like points, rebounds, and assists. And it's, it, is, it is fairly impressive. And, if you, and for you, if you're saying that you think he's going to play for another... Five, seven years, even if it doesn't have to be at an elite level, that means he's going to, that means he's more likely going to finish his career with 40,000 points, 10 rebounds, and uh, 10,000. I don't know about number one, man. 10, <laughs> maybe, maybe number three, you know? I don't think he's going to pass number one, man. I'll, Keep in mind. You, I mean, at the, the, at the pace that he's playing, especially if he doesn't go to the Rockets and he stays in Cleveland, he's still a 25 point score, 16. The Rockets. If he if he goes to the Rockets, I'm assuming he would have to dip. Do you in know points. some shit? I don't know. What What do you mean the no, Rockets? I'm, I'm I'm saying if he were to go to the Rockets, oh okay, then his then his numbers would dip, right? So that's what I'm saying. And but if he stays in Cleveland and he's still putting up 25 points per game, he's still giving you 
especially recently over the last like year or two, he's been up in the ante when it comes to rebounds and assists. So, I mean, to me, there, I mean, finishing your career with, with a lot of points, a lot of rebounds and assists, that, that is a marquee, a mark of how great you are. So I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't at this point, comparing him to other, like comparing to Michael, the only real argument is a lack of winning. But if he wants to catch like Kareem and, and counting stats, then yeah. Like I think, I think this right here is a huge step. And trying to surpass Kareem and a lot of the numbers that he left behind. It's it's so impossible to have those conversations without some form of whether it's conscious or unconscious bias. Because you know the fanboys, what they're going to say regardless. The old heads, you know what they're going to say. It's so challenging to have like a, like a fair conversation about what this means in relation to him versus this player and how good this player could you could you make a case how do you compare people at two very separate positions they did two very separate things in two totally separate eras but people are going to find a way to do it and there's always some sort of favoritism or bias but i don't know man uh i I don't mean i don't know to me i mean i I see what you're saying but i mean if if you got a player who, who can who's averaging 25, 7 and 7 or 25, 8 and 8 around there. And he ends his career. Cause I think, I mean, if, if, if you're, what you're saying is true, where he's going to play for another five or seven years, I don't know. 10, 000, getting another 10,000 points is not crazy. That's not a ridiculous thing to believe. He, he could legit, if he plays for another seven years, scoring <laughs> another 10, seven. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just, if, if we're, if we're going to seven, which is basically him playing until he's 40 years old. Right, if he's gonna play until he's forty, scoring forty thousand points is not that crazy. It's not that crazy at all. It's, yeah, it's not. It definitely. You know isn't. I mean? Even not. if he's, even if his scoring output is like half of what he's been averaging in his career, if he's playing that much, he'll, yeah. uh, he'll get really close. Honestly, I'm, I, part of me hopes he he does. Yeah, just I, to like, I want to see it though. I do want to see that shit. But I, I was gonna say that. the other part of me hopes he doesn't because LeBron fanboy is gonna be out of control. Of, you oh, know? I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I know what you're saying, but I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. At that point, I just I want to see that because that would be crazy. Yeah. If LeBron ended his career with, with over forty thousand points, I don't I don't give a fuck who who a LeBron fan. I gotta see that because that's that's impressive. Like that'd be really really impressive. Yeah, but um, I mean I don't I don't, I don't know. And you're saying you, you're gonna finish third. He's already scored over thirty thousand points. Yeah, third, third is Kobe at, at, with thirty three thousand. The thing like, is, oh, he has to, in, in another year or two, he's going to pass Kobe anyway. He's going to pass. The thing Kobe. is, is he's expressed that, like, I don't think he plans on playing. But even if he's at an elite level, I don't think. And I don't know if you heard uh, uh, Juju from the Steelers was saying like, if LeBron wants to be the greatest athlete of all time, tell him to come to the NFL. Oh, he's not, he not playing. He's not playing no NFL. He's not going to do that. But I, dead. I don't. Just based on some of the stuff he said to reporters, he doesn't seem very interested in playing like a Vince Carter type career where everything trails off. And he, he, he I think he wants to finish off. Oh, like, he ain't gonna play like Vince Carter. Vince Carter trash. No, he ain't gonna do that. Wow. Okay. Well, I meant to say like, <laughs> a, you know, Vince Carter getting like four points per game. Now he doesn't want to end his career like that, or even like how Steve Nash did it with like just a pile of injuries Again, just to rake uh, up so, someone else who's trash. Okay, you're gonna keep going, uh, <laughs> or even like how Kobe did it. I mean, the last game, one thing, but the last season was like you could say. I mean, but that, I mean, but that's more so injury that he he was not going to be able to recover from than anything else. Well, I, I think even if the injuries weren't there, 
that I don't think I don't think he would have been playing as bad as he did his last year. No, I don't think he would have done not that. as bad, but it definitely would have trailed off big time from what he's used to seeing. Like his anyway, uh I'm hoping that when everything's said and done, that he has like another exciting game, like when Kobe dropped sixty points. That was honestly one of the best days of my life. I can't even wild out, yo. Like when I just to see him drop sixty, I was watching that game by myself on my bed in garbage quality, so fucking happy low. And uh, it'd be dope to see LeBron go out like that, too. You know, put the discussions aside for a second on who's better or whatever. It's just, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's good basketball to see records get broken, guys improve. Uh, and LeBron, who has never had a major injury in his career, man, I definitely think he has a shot. Yeah, we, we said that about Kobe, and then the major injury had happened. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not, again, I'm not wishing it on him because I really, I legitimately Obviously, believe he can, he can get... I, I, I know this sounds crazy right now, but I do believe that he can actually get 40k. And I don't, I don't hope it on him, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if it happens. But again, I'm not hoping it. I'm not hoping it. Yeah, we know you're not hoping it, love. Yeah, yeah, fuck so, would hope an injury on a player? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some, some, some people be wilding out here. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, shout, shout out to LeBron because we didn't, we didn't talk about that in the last podcast. So I did want to talk, talk about it, but, um, but to answer the question to the people who asked me that on Twitter. No, it, it wouldn't make him better than it would it, it just because him scoring thirty thousand points, eight thousand rebounds, and eight thousand assists, that does not make him better than Michael. That's just no, nah, because Michael had some periods in his prime where he wasn't fucking playing basketball. Like people, you could always look at the numbers and try and compare, but you almost always take the situation out of context. There's no way to create an objective formula to spit out with no subjectivity. Who's the better player? There's just no way to weigh everything evenly and have it a fair process. Anyway, Lo, uh, let's uh, move on to our highlight players, man. We've been we've been skipping it into some podcasts, man. I want to get a cool little highlight player from you. Do you have do you, do you have a guy ready and prepared? Yeah, we we don't, we don't really we talked about a lot of players who were supposed to be my highlight player, but um, yeah, we I still got mine. I still got mine ready because I was gonna throw out Dame, but we talked about a little bit of Dame. I was gonna give it to Vic, but um. We talked about Vic as well. I was actually going to even give it to LeBron, but I, uh, uh, if I have to give a highlight player, I'm going to have to put it to, um, I'm going to give it to Drew Holiday. We talked about Drew as well, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to just make sure people understand that he, he's been playing exceptionally well. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I, I enjoy when, when players, they put the, oh yeah, shout out, um, shout out to Anthony Davis. Cause I didn't, I didn't know if he came back or not. Cause he was, he suffered an injury in the middle of the game last night, but, um, Shout out to Drew Holiday. Uh, he's been playing really, really great over the last few games. I think he's a player that people casually overlook because he's on the team with Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins. But over the last few games, especially since they've been winning, and even without DeMarcus Cousins, he's been playing great basketball. And I think that people, again, should should acknowledge him for what he's been doing and recognize that he's playing uh, exceptionally well. If I can get these stats up, I can tell you what he's averaging. Okay, over the last... 20 to 23, over the last 23 games, 22 points, seven assists, four rebounds, a steal and a half, only two turnovers. Damn. A shooting, a shooting 50% from the field, 35 from behind the arc, and 78 to 79 from the free throw line. And they've, He's and they've surprisingly won. efficient player, man. It's really, really efficient. Now the last 23 games, they've lost one, two, three, four, five, only six of them. So, Lo, do you so, take yeah, back what you said in the last podcast? Or you stand by it, saying he's not worth twenty five million. No, he's still he's still overpaid. 
he he would have to do this for like an entire season for me to be like, all right, he's not he's not overpaid. But I will say this though, and and maybe I am wrong, and I can I can admit it. He's probably this. It was in what's end up happening is that he's probably just on a team where you have so many talented pieces around you, and you have players that are trying to figure out how to work well with one another. That there's a possibility that um he he's just getting lost in the sauce, you know. And people lost, just not recognize the sauce, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a possibility. He's just not getting recognized for what, um, for what he actually co- contributes to that team and, and what he may be sacrificing because he pro- probably could be putting up really good numbers throughout his entire career. But I'm, I'm, I, I'm also happy that he just bounced back because he was a little, he was struggling a little bit, especially with the injuries, but he's definitely like he's back to where he once was when he was an all star a few years ago. Yeah. Um, my highlight player is going to be Rudy Gobert, who ever since he came back has been a game changer for the Jazz. We talked about a few podcasts ago. Yo, in the last week, he got 17, 26, 16, and 21 points on 80% shooting in his last four games. And every time he's on the floor, he seems to be a guy who's uh, a big impact player. Their only loss being to Houston, of course. Houston being the better team. But they destroyed Minnesota. They destroyed Sacramento. And they murdered the soul of Orlando. And it's really dope because he's not always the greatest guy in terms of stats. But defensively, he's up there. He's top three anchors in the paint. And it's been a while since I've seen an anchor that could just make such an immediate impact. It reminds me a lot of Dwight when he was younger. Just you do not want to go in the paint. You will get erased and or your shot is being altered. On top of that, low. Uh, he's had some surprisingly good games at the free throw line. One game he's being hacked, uh, went 12 for 14 at the free throw line. So shout out to Rudy Gobert, man. Utah Jazz looked like they got the playoff in their sights. I know the, the playoff picture kind of looks a little wacky in the West right now, but I reckon at some point that the Utah Jazz will pass Denver and pass the Clippers and squeeze into that eight seed and even maybe one of those other teams up there. I don't know. It's, it's a little wacky the way it's looking right now. I'm sure someone's going to rise or drop, and they're going to be there to take advantage. So you know, It's, you it's know a shame really? because if if he was there the whole season, though, this team— I was team, just about to say that, too. I was about to say that, too. They would yeah. probably be in third place. And, if, I, and, if, I, and I would even—I think I would even go as far as, like, as an individual uh, award. If he was there the entire season, he'd probably would be the front runner for yeah. the defensive player of the year. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I think he's still in the conversation, even though he's barely played any games the first yeah, 30, 40 it, games. Yeah, because there's no one who really stands out too much um, this year. Because Kawhi's mm-hmm. gone. Draymond is not the same defender that he was over the last three what? years now. Yeah, he is. But keep going. Mm, he's He slipped a little bit. He slipped a little bit. I'm not, I'm, not say, I'm not saying he's not an elite-level defender, but he's not the same defender over the last. And really, he doesn't have to be because Kevin Durant is there. But he's not. He doesn't hold the same ah, I responsibilities. With you on that, but all right. I, I just. I mean, from what I've watched. But um. And and also, I mean, the team as a whole, the the Warriors have dipped pretty pretty significantly on the defensive end. But the Rudy Gobert thing, in my opinion, if he was healthy the entire season, yeah, he would be the front runner for me for Defensive Player of the Year. Over the last twenty games, they've only lost four, and they went on a really really good um winning streak. He's a he's a double double guy, fifteen eleven, getting two blocks, and like you said. If you watch him play, he got the he got the paint on lock, man. Yeah, got the paint on lock. Ain't, ain't nobody coming in there. You know, you can't come in there with that weak stuff with when Rudy Gobert in there, you know? All right, man. Well, shout out to the Jazz, man. Uh, on that note, low, uh, this will be the end of the podcast. Honestly, this is one of my favorite ones, if not my favorite one we've recorded so far. 
And, and it might have had something to do with the fact that we just called it the Off Talk. We didn't call it nothing special. There was no additional name. It was just called AJ, the Off Talk no, Podcast. You're, you're, tra- you're trash at the fact that you didn't come in here with a name. No, you're trash. I, I mean, I gave you a pseudo name, like, but it wasn't the actual name of the podcast. Nah, you're trash. You're I trash. think there's, I may have caught in some flavor here, man. I might just have to start calling it the Off Talk Podcast, period. No AKA, no nothing. Um, and then we just get a better product, man. Also, um, yeah, so since we're saying our, um, our goodbyes, our, our final statements, yo, shout out to everybody who keep hitting me in my DMs telling me that agent don't know nothing about basketball. I see y'all. Yo, the, the, uh, the, the there collage. was someone on Twitter last night. Did you see him? He was like, yo, man, yo, this guy legend knows nothing about basketball. I replied to him. He's like, yo, yeah, I, DM. I, 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 I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, I said, DM and, him and, real and you know quick. Crazy? So you know what's crazy? <laughs> he DM'd me and he said that you don't know nothing about basketball. He was like, <laughs> He was like, he was like, Rob was playing with that man agent in public, but for real, for real, don't take, don't totally, say nothing to him. Yo, totally. Don't say nothing to him. Don't say nothing to him. But he tra- he don't know nothing about basketball. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And I was hey, like, guys. I was like, I was like, word. He was like, yeah, but he don't know nothing about basketball. <laughs> I'm sure he said the exact opposite. So it's whatever, man. Uh, yo, yo, shout out to y'all because that collage is coming on the way, and it will be on my banner. The what? The the collage. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a collage of nothing but DMs where people are telling oh, me that you know that nothing shit, about so basketball. But you're not gonna do that, so. Adrian, uh, low. If, if I you have my DMs time open, out, time out. I'm I'm dead serious. That will be on my banner within the next. Oh no, two I weeks. don't believe that you're gonna inspect Element and fabricate some material. I have no oh, doubt. No, 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 no. It won't be fabricating. It won't be nothing. It will be screenshots from different people in my DMs. Lo, uh, do you know that I'm going to open up my DMs now? And I, I expect to see You're a lot of You're going to open people. up your DMs for people to tell you you know nothing about basketball? No, so they can tell me that you That's know tough. nothing about basketball. No, and you know gonna, what? I'm not going to make get, a... You're going to get gonna, people to tell you that you don't know nothing about basketball. I'm going to make a wallpaper out of the DMs that I get. You see what I'm saying? So that every time someone boots up their computer, they can remind themselves that you indeed know nothing about basketball. A wallpaper. I ain't gonna lie, it's gonna, it's gonna take you at least three years to get that many people. I mean, if I get like five thousand, it might. But I'm gonna get a cool fifty. That's gonna take a few days. What you gonna you gonna blow up the um, blow up the um? <laughs> it's gonna be nothing but like three or four different people in your DMs. You just gonna blow it up to fit the <laughs> whole wallpaper. Zoom it in really close. Yeah, just, just, just zoom it in real close. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast, man. If you haven't already. Make sure to rate us five stars or 10 out of 10 or whatever platform you're using. Yo, uh, guys, tweet at me or let Lo know in his DMs. Maybe he could put this in a collage, too. I want to get this podcast on Spotify. I think that would be dope. But you have to go through, like, a whole application process. So if you guys would listen to that, at Spotify and me and Lo on Twitter saying that you want the podcast on there. And uh, usually if Spotify sees, like, that there's interest then they're like, oh, yeah, totally, man. You'll just put on Spotify. And so, like, this is a weird process how they do it. But they don't accept everything. So I, I, I mentioned that to Lo, and you didn't even respond to that comment. But, uh, yeah, I definitely want to get on Spotify. That'll be a move. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Uh, and I'm out. Peace. You're so corny, agent. I can't did believe I, you're doing that now. Did I take that from you? You're the corniest <laughs> dude I know in my life, bro. Hey, peace. Bye, guys. Peace. You're so corny, 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 corny. (laughs) Let's say you just bought a house. 
Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.